0: Well, good morning. All right, a response. And a special welcome to those global students and others who are watching online. A special welcome to hybrid students who are here. If you're a hybrid student, wave your hand. Woo! If you're in a demon cohort right now, wave wave your hand. Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here in Wilmore. We're glad to have you as a part of our family. You're not extended family. You're Asbury. You're us. We're glad you're here. Sisters and brothers, today we gather in reflection upon a pivotal moment in the scriptures, a moment that echoes across the generations. It speaks to our very existence and purpose as God's people. It's the story of Moses at the burning bush in Exodus 3 and the call that changed his life forever and then changed the world forever. As we'll explore this narrative, we'll discover profound insights about answering God's call to serve others in our unique context, this journey that we all share here in this particular seminary community. As we delve into the story of Moses at the burning bush, we see that we're called, here's the the, the takeaway, we're called to be servant leaders. We're called to be servant leaders. We're called to offer, offer up the liberating love of Christ to a world in need. We're called to serve, and we are called to serve here within this community. We're called to serve here as we are preparing ourselves not to just serve here, but as we're already serving and preparing to serve those outside of these walls, too. Before we dig deeper into Moses Calling, I wanna share a personal story with you. Um, And I'm a pastor, and I'm not gonna tell you a story about my kids. (laughs) I've decided, I'm not going to use my kids as illustrations anymore. So that's a blessing to the two of you. Unless they give me permission, then I'll make sure I tell you that. Because it's not really cool that everybody knows stories about my kids that they haven't agreed to share. But this is my story from whenever I was a kid. It was during a Sunday evening service. I was a junior in high school. Now, Sunday evening service at a traditional church meant what? The service was exciting or boring? (laughs) It was quite boring. And I was only there for one reason. There was a youth event called Snow, Sunday Night Out. In order to participate in snow, you had to go to the Sunday service. Now, I really wanted to go to snow, surprisingly not because of a girl, but because of food. It was food. So we, I could go with all my friends from the church to my favorite Tex-Mex restaurant in Texas and have a meal together If I went to the Sunday service, so I went faithfully, maybe not faithfully, but you understand my point. I went, I went, and I was there, listened to the whole service, listened to the sermon, and instead of really cluing in, my friend Mike and I decided to play a little game. Whenever we were singing songs, we decided to make fun of everything, because I'm Gen X, that's what we do. And that's what we did. We made fun of it by doing this, by having a contest to see who could sing in the lower register, who could sing the lowest. Now, Mike and I are neither one good singer, so it sounded horrible, but it was fun to try to sing lower than everyone else around us and lower than each other. And as we're coming to the, the last song, after the sermon, the altar call song, it's the song, Make Me a Servant. Do you know the song? It's a worship chorus, and to my junior and high school self, that song is hokey, cheesy, cliched, It's real bad. To my junior and high school self. I feel differently about it now. But we're singing that song, and I'm singing as low as I can, being flippant and even mocking. Make me a servant. And it's there in the midst of our silliness, Mike and I's silliness, that I heard in my heart this divine call that said, Matt, I want you to be a servant. I want you to be my servant. I want you to surrender your life. I want you to surrender your career goals to me. At that moment, that mocking, flippant, arrogant, very Gen X moment, that's the moment that God spoke to me in a special way. And I wasn't sure what to do. But as we continued singing, the Lord's call sank deeper into my heart. We sang these words. If you know it, don't sing. Just think about them with me. I'm not going to sing either, I promise. Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, lift me up to those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be, make me a servant. Make me a servant. Make me a servant today. As we concluded the second time through singing that chorus, I was compelled by the Spirit, I don't have another way of talking about it, I was compelled by the Spirit to walk down the aisle to speak to the pastor and to tell him I wanted to surrender to a call to ministry. So I did. In so doing, I know what it meant though. I knew that it meant walking away from the life that I had chosen for myself. I'll tell you a little bit about that life. I love math and science, by the way, I still do. And I wanted to be an electrical, a mechanical engineer, not electrical, way too hard. I wanted to be a a mechanical engineer. A mechanical engineer is what I wanted to do because I had done a little bit of research. This was the late 90s before the internet. I may have gotten some things wrong, so forgive me, but I was under the impression as a junior in high school that if I was a mechanical engineer, it was the least amount of education that used stuff I loved to make the the most amount of money as soon as possible. I knew exactly what I was trying to do. I knew in that moment that I was giving that up, that that this path toward becoming this mechanical engineer was going away, and instead I felt the call, not that mechanical engineers can't do things for Jesus, of course they can, but I felt this call to a life of meek humility, of serving others, of continuing to obey his call, and I didn't feel qualified. Think about it, I was making fun of the worship service when I felt this call. I didn't feel qualified, and frankly, I still don't. I don't have imposter syndrome, but I wonder a lot, like, why me, God? Why me? I knew God was calling me to serve his people, though. His people I didn't even really like. But he was calling me to serve them. Little did I know that this path would be far from straightforward. It took me all around Texas, which to you might not sound like, but that's a long way. It's a big state. (laughs) And then to California, which is a long way, and then somehow to Kentucky. What? I remember as as Alita and I were telling our friends we were moving to Kentucky, they said, why? (laughs) The Lord, that's why, and I still have to just trust that it's the Lord. But it also took me on a different kind of journey, a journey from training for the pastorate to training for the academy to being a missionary, a church staff member, an interim pastor, a stay-at-home dad a senior pastor, to pastoring those in this community now. It's been a circuitous path. And we'll see that not just today, but as Jeremy preaches tomorrow, that Moses' path was like this too, wasn't it? So I want us to pray together for just a moment as we explore this journey of divine calling in the life of Moses and consider how it resonates with our own. Will you pray with me? Spirit of God, will you open our eyes We admit that they are crusted over, and we need your help. Will you unstick our ears? We've allowed all kinds of stuff in there that's gotten in the way of us hearing you. Open our eyes, unstick our ears that we might hear from you today, Spirit of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So in the vast deserts of all of our lives, God often meets us in very unassuming moments. It might not seem like an unassuming moment in Exodus 3, but it is. It's Moses' tending sheep. It's in that unassuming moment that that the burning bush is there and and he's tending his father-in-law's sheep. And why was he there? Because he was running from the consequences of his actions in Egypt, right? It's in places like that that we might find our divine call Moses was in an ordinary rhythm of life. What do our ordinary rhythms of life look like? I don't know what mine looks like right now, but what does yours look like? Maybe it looks like textbooks and classes. Maybe it looks like working here, grading papers, attending chapel services. Maybe it looks like all the silliness of your life. Maybe it looks like your busyness. Maybe it looks like our sin and our shame. In the midst of all of that, God can reach out to us. Maybe God's call came to us a long time ago in some unique way because, you know, the late 90s were a long time ago. That's how it came to me. Or maybe it came just yesterday. Or maybe you're wondering, has it come at all? Has God called me? We have to keep our hearts open to the possibility of God encountering us anytime and anywhere. You believe that? God can encounter us anytime and anywhere. By any means, he chooses. There's not one way. He doesn't have a preferred way. He has his ways. His ways. In the midst of this fiery spectacle of the burning bush, God calls Moses by name. Moses. Moses. It's a deeply personal call. And friends, the same applies to each one of us. God knows us intimately. And he calls us within community, but individually, for his specific purposes. He says, Laura, Laura. He says, Chris, Chris. Robin, Robin. He says, Chatham, Chatham. He says our names. He calls us personally. As a seminary community, we have a profound calling a calling to serve God and his people with a special knowledge and wisdom he has given us by his spirit that's available to everyone who will follow Jesus and be indwelt by his spirit. It's not secret, it's not private. It's available to all of us, but we have this special call. But it's not just a general call, is it? It's a call to each of us as individuals within this community, and it's a call to us as a community, Asbury Seminary, Asbury Seminary. He's calling us to. But please note, Moses was not called for a comfortable life. You know his story, right? He was called for a divine mission. He wasn't called to power and fame, though we do remember his name. He was called to service and the liberation of God's people. He wasn't called to be over others, but to be under God, to submit to God, and to call others to that submission to God as well. He was called to lead the Israelites out of slavery, slavery, a mission that was rooted in service, service of God's people. Likewise, we are called to a mission of service, individually and as a community. Our time here at at this seminary community is not just for personal enrichment, But it's also to be equipped to serve others. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about us doing what God has called us to do. It's about him. This is the essence of our discipleship. Being formed, being made holy, being sanctified, not so that others might serve us but so that we might serve others. That is all of our calls. When God called Moses, Moses was hesitant. He offered excuses. He questioned his own own abilities. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Maybe you're in that boat. Maybe you've been in that boat before. We too may question our qualifications, but God's response to Moses is a message for us. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. We have to move beyond our insecurities knowing that God equips those he calls. I will be with you. And this reminder will need to be heard again and again in our journey of living out God's call to serve. I am with you. We'll need to hear him say it to us again and again, over and over, in every season, in good times and bad, and everything in between, I am with you. As we step out in faith to serve, maybe that first time, I will be with you. As we say yes to that ministry assignment, whatever it might be, whether it's something big or small or whatever way you might characterize it in your mind, he says, I will be with you. As we see our first counseling client, I will be with you. As we stand to preach, I will be with you. As we sit to mourn with someone who's hurting, I will be with you. As we walk with a community that's confused and is in crisis, I will be with you. As we're at our wits end and we feel inadequate, I will be with you. As we sit with our own families who are worn thin by the realities of being a ministry family, I will be with you. As we don't know what our call is and what we're walking into and why we said yes to what we said yes to, I will be with you. As Moses listened to God's call and he accepted God's mission, his heart must have be- began to burn for his people who were still suffering in-, in Egypt. Remember, the people that he left behind, he ran away from. Our hearts, too, should burn with a passion for service for those to whom we are called. Sisters and brothers, I'm going to say something that's not, not surprising to you. I sure hope not. If not, please open your eyes. We are surrounded inside and outside of the church with brokenness. We are surrounded by questions and doubts. We're surrounded by bad behavior, unethical actions. We're surrounded by a deep longing that's unfulfilled. Everywhere we look, it's everywhere. We don't have to look for where to serve, do we? We just have to open our eyes and say, God, Here I am. Here I am. In our journey of following Jesus, God is fanning the flames of compassion and commitment within us by his spirit. The burning bush grabbed Moses' attention. What grabs our attention? As we see the world around us, the world in desperate need of servant leadership, and within the church in desperate need of an authentic expression of God's holy love, do we notice Will our hearts burn within us when we see this? Will we walk with God away from our plans, away from our comfort zones, away from our expectations, and into a realized expression of his holy love for the world and for the church? Will our hearts burn within us by God's holy love, which won't consume us, hallelujah, but will continually draw our attention away from us and toward God's mission we sing about selfless faith. That's what that kind of burn that the Spirit brings turns us toward. Away from ourself. Toward others. Others' orientation. This call we're talking about isn't one that we can accomplish on our own in our own power. We can't utilize slick ministry plans. We can't use best practices to get there. It's too big for us to accomplish. Only God can. Amen? I cannot serve myself well much less my family much less the people i'm called to lead i can't do it i need help and so do you one of the most significant and impactful aspects of moses call is god's promise my presence will go with you my presence will go with you as we step into ministry remember that it's not just about knowledge and skills it's about the transformative power of god's presence in our lives. And the lives of those to whom we serve. His transformative power. Jesus said he would be with us. Even that he would send his spirit to live in us until the end of the age. Jesus made right on that promise. My presence will go with you. Sisters and brothers, our call is a high, divine call. It's beyond our abilities. But God will be with us. He will empower us. He will give himself to us along the way. I will be with you. Moses wasn't alone in his mission, and he didn't just have his invisible friend with him either. He had his brother Aaron, and he had others who served alongside him. In our seminary community, we are surrounded by fellow journeyers, aren't we? Students, staff, faculty, alumni, and all of our families that are associated too. We're all in this together, journeying on the path of service that God has called us to. We're not called to serve in isolation, but within a community that supports, challenges, and holds us accountable. I wanna be a part of a community like that. I've been reminded a lot by Jeremy Fulda, the Reverend Jeremy Fulda, about systems theory. I can't change everything else. I can't really change myself, but I can make myself open to God changing me, and as I'm changed, the system I'm a part of will begin to change. So I can't control any of you. I barely can control myself. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? But as as I am led by the Spirit, I can change the system I'm a part of. As you are led by the the Spirit, you change the systems you're a part of too. So be bold. Use your voice because you're the only one with it. No one else has your experience. No one else has your story. No one else has your insight. No one else is filled by the Spirit uniquely like you are. Use that voice that God's given you. We need to be a part of a community like that, full of people who are bold to say what's true, but kind to love each other through it. But I want to make, ask you two questions. Sisters and brothers, will, will, will we be that sanctifying community for one another? Will we give to one another? And then number two, will we receive from this sanctifying community what God is offering us? Both of those are important. We need to give and receive from the community. It can't be one way. As we are part of this community called, we are called to give to one another and to receive from one another. No matter our position, no matter our title, no matter what category of person we are here, we're all equal in God's eyes. He wants us to influence each other for good forever. As we delve into the story of Moses at the burning bush, we see a reflection of our own calling. We're called to be servant leaders, to offer, a, to offer the liberating love of Christ to a world in need. We're called to serve within this community. We're called to prepare ourselves to serve beyond these walls too. Like Moses, we're, we're likely to be insecure. We're likely to have doubts about our abilities, or maybe we're even doubting God himself. Instead, let's embrace our divine call, let's embrace it with open hearts, knowing that God equips the called. Together, let our our hearts burn with passion for service. Let that be fueled by God's presence, I am with you. Let us remember that we're not alone in this journey. Our seminary community is a place of growth, accountability, and encouragement. So maybe you're like me, I hope not, but maybe you are. And that original call was while you were being flippant and mocking. Or maybe you're like Moses. Maybe you're running away from sin and shame. Or Maybe you're on a healthy stretch of living within the Spirit's rhythms of grace. Kudos to you. Can it rub off on me? Or maybe you're somewhere else altogether. Who knows? God knows. But in answering God's call to serve others, we embark on a remarkable journey. A journey of transformation and ultimately holy love. May we embrace this calling wholeheartedly for it's by answering god's call together that will truly make a difference for the world the spirit using us to change the world for good forever can you get behind that mission changing the world for good forever let's submit ourselves to the spirit to conclude this part of the service i want to ask the reverend dr jessica lagrone Le- to come and lead us in a time of reflection